Join us in this mission of healing deep in our core to stand united as strong and healthy women to ease all of this war, the war within our minds as we criticize ourselves and others. Let us learn the way of true self-love and to have compassion for our sisters and our brothers. Prophecies have foretold and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. It is such an honor to be back with you today. Lauren and I are going to be having a conversation around something that we talk about a lot, and it's judgment. And in this conversation, we'll be talking about the judgment that we project onto others, but really how this stems from a warring criticism, a feeling of disharmony within ourselves. And so we'll be unpacking all things judgment. And I'm excited to dive into this conversation today. So by the time this podcast is released, this will be old news. But last night, lying in bed about to go to sleep, Russia invaded Ukraine. And I knew we were going to have this conversation in the morning. And I, I just like felt that, oh, ow, ow, I, you know, that empathy and also pain of being human in a time when war and division and judgment and hatred is prevalent in our world. And, you know, I, I still can feel that at times while still having hope and inspiration for what is possible. But in this moment, I was really like allowing myself to feel ugh, that just like pit in my stomach of why, why do we keep doing this? It's juvenile and it's, it's ridiculous, really. And then I thought about how easy it is to judge something like that. And then I thought about all my petty judgments, the ones that I have throughout my day to day with people in my local community that are you know, not going to war with people, you know, and just have triggers or maybe like hidden jealousies that are masked as judgment or whatever it is. And I just thought about how all war, if you think about it, really stems from this inner division and this pain that we have within our own beings of feeling like we're not good enough or we're not safe. I think safety is a, a huge part of it. And we're not safe with other people thinking different things or thinking judgments about us, etc. And so this, you know, generational trauma has just been building 
And it's been so easy to just villainize other peoples and want to oppress other peoples when really it feels like the inner work of exploring the wounds inside of us is really the only way forward. And so if you're not familiar with what we talk about at Global Sisterhood, we share often that what is reflected outside of ourselves is a reflection of what's happening inside of ourselves. And Lauren and I really believe this. When we see this war and hatred and judgment outside, when we project that, it's really pointing to something inside. And while many of us have been on a path of some kind for a long time, these things are still there. And they might not be as clear, they might not be as pronounced as they might have been in our past lives, in this current life, like, you know, years ago. They still have essences and traces that if we really sit with ourselves, we can begin to feel. And so Lauren and I wanted to have this conversation because you know, one of the main tenets of our circles is practicing non-judgment. And when we lay out that guideline in our circles, it's to keep women feeling safe and also to practice this, to practice looking within themselves at the root of the pain that causes us to project it outward. And I know for myself personally, like I'm constantly feeling like I'm being judged, especially as I begin to express my true essence. And and probably sometimes it's true. Probably sometimes I am being judged. And so how do I allow myself to be okay with that? And then also learn to not judge others too. You know, it's a two-way street. It's like I don't want to be judged, and yet I still judge. And so how do I heal from that judgment like really deeply within myself so that I can show up better with others and, and myself. Thank you for sharing about that, Shana, because in our mission, what we see is possible with gathering women together. I don't know a single woman that can walk into a feminine space with a bunch of women they don't know and feel completely at ease you know, it's, it's such a old wound of not knowing if women were going to turn against you, not like you, triangulate, gossip. And it's very real that this type of judgment and being out of favor in a group of women could have cost you your life, you know, hundreds of years ago. And Nowadays, maybe it doesn't cost you your actual life here in the West anyway, but it feels like it to be, you know, turned on, misunderstood, gossiped about. It is a very deep trauma in the psyches of women. And so if we all know that and we know how much work even that is to unpack, what are we taught? Like, think about different races and different religions and different countries and just the hundreds and hundreds of years of mistrust and betrayal. It's a, it's a huge thing to, it's a huge undertaking, I would say. And it really does begin with sitting in circle or putting ourselves out there and examining 
how we can lean into more compassion for ourselves and for others and to be more honest with how we're really feeling and what we really need. Because I think ultimately we just want to feel safe and like we belong. Yeah, I, I recently have been going through this process of really like understanding my fear of being judged because that's been something that's been really prevalent for me in my life. I've had these experiences where I felt like everybody was talking about me and saying all these things about me. And through my own understanding of what was going on, I now think of it like my phone screen. We have all these apps running all the time. And this app that I had on my homepage of my phone was like, what do other people think about me? And so I was consuming so much energy and time thinking about what others think about me. And in part, it's probably because I judge, you know, and I, I, I run that program too. And it's not because I want to, because I, you know, have this, but I feel like it's keeping me safe in a way. Like I can judge and I can, I can, you know, protect myself from probably greater intimacy and, and connection and also being judged. Like, if I judge first, perhaps, you know, it protects me feeling from, from mm-hmm. feeling the sting. Yeah. Of someone else being like, oh, she's too much. Oh, she's like this, like that. Da, 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 da. And I'm really examining that. I'm like, okay, I don't want this app on my home screen anymore. We can move it to the far back. It's probably not, I'm not yet at a place to like fully delete it because I'm still learning right. safety in my own body and how to walk into a space or into a new community and feel okay. And so it's still there. It's still running. And I've like made the conscious decision that like, that's not something I want to focus mm-hmm. so much of my attention on. Like maybe I want to switch my attention to like, how do I feel in my body? How does my heart feel? Am I being authentic in my mm-hmm. presence? Or am I acting out of some fear, doubt? And so that's been a really big learning for me recently because I just, I don't mm-hmm. want to live like that anymore. I don't want to be walking around in constant fear that I'm being judged because I actually know that the more I become the authentic version of myself, I'm going to trigger people. And that's just going to happen naturally. And like that's something to be celebrated actually because it's it's a representation of my becoming. And someone else's process is none of my business. And it's also an invitation and for them to become more of who right. they are as well. Exactly. And that's where the trigger comes from, right? It's pushing at something that is not fully expressed or that they desire or that they feel like is too much or too little or whatever, you know, in this construct of what we think is the right way to be, which is a total and complete illusion. But we're taught in this linear construct of the Western world that it has to look a certain way. And I, I'd be interested to actually to talk about that with you and unpack like why these these structures, these linear structures of thinking, whether it's like the dogmatic culture of religion or the educational system or this idea of right and wrong mm-hmm. or like what it means to be good creates these constructs that that give us permission and a way to judge. Mm-hmm. I've shared this before on this podcast in our wounds to wisdom episode that if anyone wants to go deeper in this, you can listen to. I had this inherent feeling growing up that I was bad. And 
from a very young age. And I don't know if that's like ancestral religious trauma, if that was formative year childhood trauma, um, what that was, but it definitely felt reinforced by culture. You know, it definitely felt reinforced by religion. It definitely felt reinforced. And I created this brilliant coping mechanism, actually. I mean, it's quite brilliant. I was a brilliant child. It hurt like hell, this coping mechanism, but it, it, it felt like it was trying to protect me. And I became so uber critical of myself in order to kind of preemptively try to find what other people were going to judge about me and then correct those things so that I could protect myself from judgment because that judgment just whenever that happened or I was bullied or somebody gossiped about me, it just reinforced that feeling that I was bad. So my little psyche, you know, so innocent and pure was like, okay, well, if, if I'm bad, then I'll just make myself better. And this desire to become perfect, perfect body, perfect everything began. And a really weird false version of me, I began to embody just like some, you know, picture that I thought I was supposed to be until all of that came crashing down. I had a very hard experience. And then I was just like, F it. (laughs) and I rebelled really, really hard, but it was also just in response to this fear of being judged. And I was so exhausted of trying to be perfect that I was like, I don't care about these rules anymore. And I actually kind of went that negative self spiral to prove that I didn't care. But internally that feeling, that fear that I didn't belong, that I'm not good was, was there. And so it's interesting what we're talking about because we also we learn to judge others preemptively. We also learn to judge ourselves as a way to uh, be presentable and likable and, and appealing. And it's brilliant, actually. It's actually brilliant. I find it so beautiful to have these powerful coping mechanisms, but they get to a point where you're like, oh man, we just need to reparent that little child that shouldn't have ever thought she was bad in the first place. Yeah, it's interesting as you begin to journey on this path of self-exploration where you just start to realize that when someone's expressing anger or jealousy or judgment or any of these things, like what's happening in their inner landscape is so much worse. Yeah. You know, like the way they're treating themselves is that plus plus Mm -hmm. because we just have the tendency to to do one to others as we've already done to ourselves probably worse. <laughs> and it's just an interesting framework, you know. I've been thinking about my journey with my body and as I've become more comfortable in my body, I have more appreciation for all bodies, you know. But it's because I'm okay with my body more than I ever have been in my life. And that's causing me to reframe everyone else's body. You know, it was never about their body. It was about my body and what I was placing as value about, you know, the way my body looked or how it worked or, you know, how it fit the societal norms of what a female body was supposed to look like. And when we think about judgment, like, 
it's really healthy just to know that it's okay, right? Like we all judge. It's just part of our protection mechanism. But it is our responsibility to like see the pattern and then begin to unpack it. And it's not like something that needs to happen quickly, but it's really something that needs to be taken responsibility for. Mm-hmm. And a big element of this feels like forgiveness because it's so easy to mentally be like, I'm cool. I forgive this thing that happened to me. Oh, I forgive that person. But actually beholding deeply a grudge or a an owie that becomes a bias. And over years and years and years, our biases just grow. And we're like, eh, those kinds of people, they ain't my people. And we have this whole stereotype. We're like, eh, I don't really, mm, I don't really like them folk because they do this. Or I'm uncomfortable around those people because one person hurt me once and that has grown. Mm-hmm. And this is how wars start. And so, you know, while many kind of hijacked, inverted, distorted modern day religions have maybe planted the seed that we're unworthy and we're bad. There are also some really great teachings in them around forgiveness. And it's one thing that I have studied and we've talked about here and what Juanita Robertson said when I was processing forgiveness with her on this podcast, she said, you know, she thinks that forgiveness is a divine something that you have to reach out and say, how do I forgive this? Please help me. And then it's one of those experiences where you wake up in the middle of the night or you have this realization and you see yourself so completely in the other person that you sob. And it's really about seeing ourselves in other people and recognizing we are all the innocent children at our core and even the most horrific of people, the most distorted of people, the ones who are causing wars and damaging and hate, even those people deserve prayers and forgiveness because of, you know, and forgiveness isn't saying, hey, what you're doing or what you did is okay. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is saying, you know, that thing that you did, that can't ever happen again. I'm not going to be around for that. You know, we're going to protect people from that action. That action is not okay. And, oh my God, why would you even do that thing in the first place and feel compassion for what you're saying? Like the, the, the pain and the distortion inside of their own beings that deserves compassion. Yeah. As you were speaking about what you were just sharing, I was thinking of like calcification, you know, if something like like water, for example, if it's out for a long time, it, it creates rust on iron or something like this. The things just calcify. So over time, these thoughts and belief systems calcify. And so, you know, you think about the situation with like Israel and Palestine mm-hmm. and like these long standing ancestral beliefs about the other that get passed down from generation to generation where there's so much calcification that it's hard to even open yourself at all. It's hard to even open up to the idea that forgiveness is possible, that reconciliation is possible. It's hard to even begin to have that within your awareness because it's so old and deep. And we all have these things within ourselves that are calcified, you know? And if you think about 
certain archetypes that you might judge. Maybe it's the overly sexual woman or, you know, this showy person or, you know, whatever it is. Like it can be anything. But I I do think that these archetypal patterns that we judge are like archetypal sometimes in our society, sometimes within our family system, sometimes within our religious beliefs. And I think it's important. I believe it's important. It's, it's something that I'm doing in my own life and that Lauren and I help other women do at Global Sisterhood is to really like get honest about where this is showing up in our lives. And of course, we'll always have blind spots and that's why we continue to do the work. But it starts with us. Like where where is this happening within me where I can't be okay with this uncomfortable feeling that I'm having? Or this like self-doubt or hatred or judgment. Um, because it's it, the answers are all there in those really uncomfortable sensations that we want to push away. And we're like, no, I only want the good stuff. I only want to feel like connected and in my body and in flow and all this kind of stuff, happy. But then when we push that other stuff away, that's judging that too. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is bad. I can't love this. I can't have compassion for this negative feeling, for this icky way my stomach is feeling, for this pain in my body. I can't have compassion for that. I want to push it away. I want to reject it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that leads to to the rejection, to the pushing away, to the judgment on the external plane too. Mm-hmm. Yes. this is. I'm so glad you just brought this up because I was thinking about this on my walk today just about how disembodied spiritual communities can be because they're not being real with the aspects of themselves that are still in hatred or rage or anger. And I think it's important to normalize that again, what you said, Shana, if it's manifesting in the world somewhere, it's probably manifesting inside of you. Does it mean you are that thing? No but we have these various levels of consciousness within us, like like integrated family systems. We have certain parts in us that are still four years old, or maybe we have like some epigenetic memory inside of us. And so to embrace the feelings of rage or hatred or fear and allow yourself to hold space for them and feel them and have compassion for them is essential. And, you know, I think it's really scary to go into a space where people are, I don't even want to call it conscious, awakened, whatever people like spiritual communities and to just lean into the vulnerability of, of not being all love and light and to be honest with yourself about that and to love yourself and to let other people see that in you as well, because it actually creates so much deeper, so much more connection and, and, and deeper, authentic space for people. So that brings up how Global Sisterhood even began and your little monologue that you gave, which really was this thing that I actually still hear about from other people because I think you've, you've done it since in other ways. But can you share what you expressed and then we can kind of talk about that and why it's important to just be honest? Yeah, well... I think Global Sisterhood started because I had a desire to feel safe around women. And even though I'd been, you know, on a spiritual journey for a while and interacting with more spiritual spaces, I felt that the conversation about women 
competing with one another, women betraying one another, women gossiping, comparing. That conversation wasn't happening at the time. And this is also pre-Me Too. So there was also a lot of trauma that wasn't being talked about. And I really just needed this space where I could be my full self and be like, yo, I'm carrying some shit inside of me. And so I had this opportunity to speak to a number of women. And I decided that I knew that I was going to guide some type of pledge for peace, which has now become the Global Sisterhood Pledge. But I didn't really prepare. Uh, I just wanted to just go and be raw in the moment. And I knew that I was going to give every woman a carnation as a symbol of my commitment to peace. And we could, we could have this commitment of peace in our sisterhood. So I, I got in front of this group and didn't know what I was going to say. I said, hi, my name is Lauren Walsh and I have competed with you. I have judged you. I have been jealous of you. I've compared myself to you. And mostly I've just been really unkind to myself and I'm sorry. And then I don't even remember what I said. I kind of like blacked out and just kept speaking. <laughs> but that is the, the moment that I revealed myself to a group of women vulnerably women I didn't know and we got in a circle and we took a pledge and um global sisterhood was born from that moment I just think it's such a testament to the power of vulnerability and authenticity like what you demonstrated in that moment was that you're not here to be perfect but you're here to be real and to share what comes from the heart and that you also are dedicated to a path of healing and reconciliation amongst women. Yes. Yes. And I have so much respect for that. And I've learned so much from you because of that. And and now I'm learning from myself and in my own ways about, about that. Because really judgment, you know, we're having this conversation because judgment hurts. Mm-hmm. Lauren and I were talking about this before. Like when you're judging, it's hard to have gratitude. When you're judging, it affects you. It affects your mental space. This negative energy that's within you that's perpetuating this negative pattern and behavior of something's not right. I'm not safe. Therefore, I'm going to like send arrows basically. It's really like you're putting up your bow and you're shooting arrows energetically. And whether that person is fully aware of it or not, I do believe that people feel that, you know, and the, the more harsh the judgment is, the sharper the arrow. And it's not nice. And then the arrow hits them and they don't, maybe, maybe they don't hear it as like, oh, this person is judging you. Maybe they just get a negative thought about themselves. Right. You know, or I'm not good enough I'm not or good I enough. don't belong here. And we continue to perpetuate this, this feeling of we yeah, we're not safe and we're not good. I want you to kind of share with me about how you would begin examining your own judgments, you know, in yourself and then also amongst others and how you can work with in that space. First things first, get your ass into a woman's circle now because <laughs> that is the most powerful place I know to do it. Better yet, 
become a facilitator of women's circles and put yourself out there and be a space holder of that and walk the walk. I, in walking the walk, like to be quite honest, I'm still being birthed by holding space for women to be honest and real, recognizing the places where I'm not ready to be honest and real and then leaning in even when it's scary and finding these parts of myself integrating in ways that wouldn't have been possible had I not done it in community and was witnessed and seen and held. And so being someone who was like, okay, I'm going to be a steward of sisterhood was something that I did in resistance. I was resistant, to be honest. And now it's something that has become more who I am. And I can't separate myself from it because I see through living it the impacts and the, the healing. And I know that every woman has the potential to be a steward of the mission of sisterhood. And if we can heal between us as women and we can trust each other, then we can rise together and then we're unstoppable. And so that's my number one piece of advice. And then second, it's just to continue to pay attention to when you judge somebody and trace that arrow pointing at that person back towards yourself and understand, okay, what is this saying? And for me, I, I, I've been, I'm going to give a personal example because maybe it will help. Last week I was triggered because often I go out into Austin, Texas, which is like this Mecca for, you know, biohacking conscious bros who take psychedelics. And I have, <laughs> I have nothing wrong with that. I have, I have like, I totally am like, all of that is great. All of that is beautiful. But I seem to attract some of them who come and hit on me telling me that there are these shamans and telling me that there are these things. And I'm, you know, I've been in enough ceremony over the past 15 years and been with enough elders to know that humility is really important. So when I experience that lack of humility, which is like a natural progression of, you know, you have this like epic experience and you're like, I want to do this and you grab onto it. It's like a natural thing. I've done it. But this lack of humility, I get kind of uncomfortable because I know what it's like to have a lack of humility and then eat dirt, like get my humility handed to me on a platter by, you know, falling to the ground, you know? And so I, I get uncomfortable. And then when I trace it back and I get real and I'm, you know, I notice that I'm judging this person for their lack of humility and I trace it back. I'm like, Oh, I feel unsafe. I feel unsafe because if this person is in this way, somehow I think they're not going to see my value. They're not going to see my worth. And if they don't see my worth and a man doesn't recognize my worth, then am I safe? And so I want to judge them for many reasons. I think I have discernment because I think it's important to have, you know, reverent, safe, humble spaces for psychedelic ceremony and things like that. So that's discernment. But the judgment part is because I want to be seen and I don't think they'll be able to see me. And if they see me and I'm not 
doing the showy thing that they're doing. If they don't see me because I'm not doing that, then I'm for some reason not safe. So it all comes back to me not being safe. So just doing your work daily would be my suggestion. What would you add to that? Yeah, just really holding a lot of graciousness with yourself. Because as we like begin this process of looking within, you could, I keep doing this thing and it's really not cool that I judge all these people that act or look a certain way. <laughs> and then when you look within, you're like, oh God, I've been doing this to myself for basically my whole life. And so I think just a little compassion for yourself and knowing that you're certainly not alone. You know, this is something that Lauren and I are working on every day and also within our relationship. Oh, judging the other because they're being too much or this or that or the other thing and working on, you know, our, our closer relationships too, not just the ones that are like this person you don't know, but also when you judge the people closest to you. Just being, you know, gracious with yourself through that process because it's not always fun to <laughs> find these treasure troves of gunk within yourself, but it's also such a gift. Mm -hmm. it's also such a gift and so yeah I just offer that don't beat yourself up about it but allow your heart to open and allow yourself to feel it because there is things to be felt around it so um. I have one more to add that feels important actually it feels like especially in the United States and I can imagine this is many places there is a cultural phenomenon that has experienced Banded and increased where we love to make somebody a bad guy or make the red the bad or the blue the bad or the president bad or we love to have an enemy culturally these days it seems like and we can all get behind and like channel our anger and frustration towards this one thing Ugh, even saying it honestly just like makes my me feel uncomfortable and so I would love if we could create a challenge where instead of loving to hate, we pray for the one that is the supposed enemy. We, you know, you know, not, you don't have to pray to some patriarchal God, but go to a tree and feel the great mother and, and feel the pain of the earth and pray for the ones causing the pain too. The ones that we're perceiving are causing the pain. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, if we're all in inner division with ourselves and we're all judging, we're all causing the pain. Thank you so much for being a part of this movement, for listening to these podcasts. We've loved hearing your feedback. We've loved seeing you share about it. It's been a true treasure for us. So we invite you to come in deeper with us in any way you feel called. We have Circle Initiation, a seven-week training to become a Global Sisterhood Certified Circle Facilitator. That's beginning in April, so go check that out at globalsisterhood.org. And we have an International Women's Day event coming up soon on March 8th. So if you are not on our mailing list, join our mailing list and learn about this, our free event. We're going to do a beautiful healing circle for for our sisterhood. Yee-hoo! It's always so fun to have these conversations with you, Lauren. I love you so much. I love you, Shay. Talk to you next week. The time of the feminine is here. To rise, we must be sincere. Releasing temptation to blame, releasing temptation to shame. 
seeking to understand, to have compassion for each woman and man. Division transforms into unity through humility, beautifully. Gentle tears wash away all our fears. Gentle tears wash away all our fears. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Global Sisterhood, you can follow us on Instagram at the Global Sisterhood, or you can tune in to one of our programs. Just go to globalsisterhood.org. It is such a privilege and such an honor to speak with all these amazing women and to continue to speak with you. If you would like to join one of our circles or programs and dive in deeper and have these conversations yourself with us, we would love to invite you in deeper, sister. So just go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more. Okay, talk to you next time.